Einstein used to say, creativity is knowing how to hide your sources, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not creating anything. We don't have the power of, of, a, of a god to like create things. Like the atoms are created, electromagnetism is created, gravity, all these things are like there. We can only like remix them and rematch them and like connect them in ways that hopefully nobody has done before. Hello everyone, my name is Duncan Autry and you are listening to Fractal Friends, the podcast where we explore our self-similarity across our diversity. We all have a role to play in the whole and the purpose of the show is to interview people with interesting perspectives on the world and to see what it is that we can learn from each other. Today's episode is with Daniel Suchi Garcia. This is really an incredible episode with an artist, director, music producer, and really all-around visionary and inspiring person. Suchi is from Guatemala, and he acts as a living bridge between his indigenous and his European ancestry. He makes beautiful music, he makes inspiring videos, and he's also organizing a transformational festival that will have people supporting local communities in sustainable ways throughout time that's going to happen in Guatemala for the first time in 2019. In this conversation, we discuss the process of healing trauma across generations. We talk about the importance and the difficulty of lifting up the voices of indigenous and traditional peoples, while also making sure that we do not co-opt them or make them our own. We also discuss the importance of leading in this world with a positive vision for the future that inspires people. And again and again, we talk about the importance of listening to our hearts Thank you for listening to Fractal Friends. Um, please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it and tell your friends. And also come on down to fractalfriends.us. There's all sorts of great information about Suchi and the things we discuss here. I'll be posting some of his videos and some of his music. And with no further ado, let's go ahead and continue along with the conversation with Suchi, recorded in San Francisco, California in September of 2018. Daniel or Suchi, mm -hmm. it's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk. I have really been like touched by your, your work, some of the music oh. that you've produced and the videos you've done, and I'm just really grateful to have the, this moment to speak with you. Thank you. Um, if the tree falls in the forest and nobody listens to it or watches it, did it really fall? So it really, I'm really honored and grateful that people are there to receive what our artists create you know because otherwise it wouldn't exist right it just exists in our in our heads in our in our souls wow yeah, yeah thanks that um and really makes a lot of sense and you know that's a good reminder if you're out there and you're listening to this please tell us you heard it you know it's really nice to know that this yep. is out there um yeah well i'm happy to be the the ears yep. and and I, you know, I first saw you, you um, were doing a sunrise performance at the lightning in a bottle mm -hmm. and it was just like this cozy group and a bunch of people sitting there and you were, you were actually, you were working with other musicians and it was just like this really intimate experience. And when people, um, someone shouted out of the audience, who are you? Like, what is this? What's your name? And you started telling the story about your your given name from your from your mother and from your and from that family and then your chosen name and 
um, which was enough for me not to remember what your name was right away. So it took me a while to find you. But um, but uh, would you be willing to tell a little bit about like what those different names come from and and um, and this experience of coming from different worlds? So um, I was born and raised in Guatemala in a Spanish uh, Catholic family mostly. And for hundreds of years, like uh, being indigenous hasn't been uh, respected. So a lot of like our indigenous roots have been hidden. And uh, so most of us have been given uh, Spanish descent and names. So naturally, my dad, um, from his patriarchal uh, macho mentality, wanted to name me after him. And so he ended up giving us all of my brothers like his second la- uh, his second name his uh, was it called surname like the no 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 yeah the, the second like well because their surname is like the last name and okay. there's often two of them but yeah. there's also like a middle name the middle name yeah the middle name yeah so he gave us all of my brothers his middle name which is Jose out of <laughs> like the most common Latino Spanish descendant name right. And then he gave us all biblical names because of our Catholic uh, heritage, right? And uh, so my name, Daniel, comes from uh, Saint Daniel, which is a very beautiful story, actually. It's like of this revolutionary saint that uh, uh, he was in times of the Roman Empire, like fighting for equality and fighting for, like, you know, like Jesus, for like, like, like loving each other like we love ourselves and like respect and like blah 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 like you know like conscious christ conscious mind and he so he was prosecuted by by the roman empire to the point that he was thrown to the lions which was like what they used to do with like people that want to like uh, uh, disappear right and his faith uh in spirit and in god and whatever he believed in was so powerful that the lions didn't didn't ate, ate him so he just cohabited with the lions in a lion den, and that's where my name comes from. Which my dad told that story to me when I was very young, and it will never leave my 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 psyche. Cause like I I am a person of faith. I am a person of that believes and 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 whatever I'm into, and 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 I do believe that there's something that carries us all. You know. Like, I, I don't like to call it God. I don't like to think that's a man th- sitting on the other side of of the reality spectrum, like, judging everything we do, you know. I think uh, when I close my eyes and I hear my heart beat, I, I, to me, that's God. That's 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 our connection to spirit because no matter what I do, I can't stop that, you know. I can't stop life. Like, I, like even if I try, like, my heart keep some beating for me and there's no control you know science calls that an involuntary muscle to me that's spirit you know and i'm a very evidence-based person so i need to see where spirit is in order to believe in it and every time i close my eyes i'm like oh there it is it makes yeah. me think of a quote uh the spirit uh, through which the green fuse drives the flower like what mm. is the thing that is in life that has it go right like yeah. and so there's something there that's really powerful and we can definitely put our faith in that yeah um but i like what part of the story it sounds like is just like also this person who was you know willing to to really put their life on the line for trying to be a certain what they saw as goodness and mm. um so i really appreciate that yeah yeah it's a good great 
so yeah so when somebody asked me what's your name i'm like i'm i'm not afraid or ashamed to say daniel because that's the uh, that's what he carries but uh, then i was um it's such a common name that like growing up in guatemala everybody gives each other nicknames everybody has a nickname you know and uh so in school it took a while for people to find one for me but like finally they did and uh it's suchi and when i started researching um, uh, about suchi i found that uh there's a land in Guatemala called suchi tepeques and they say that it's the land of the flowers and then i went a little bit deeper into the meaning of that and i found that it came from the nahuatl xochitl that's a very common name for Mexican women because Mexican have more of a direct link to the Nahuatl culture and and and, and language. So I've met a couple of of, of uh, female Mexican friends that have that name, Sochitl, and and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. What does it mean? It means flower. Oh, cool. And then I started thinking about it, and it's like it's not like I'm like a flower boy, you know. So it's not like I carry that like like that that type of spirit but like uh studying buddhism for so many years and 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 having a connection to the lotus flower and uh, understanding that lotus flowers are born in swamps i i realized that you know guatemala city is not such a beautiful place it's gorgeous naturally like the people are amazing but it's very it's very tense and there's a lot of like um a lot of powers that are manipulating it and creating this very unstable scenario for everybody and uh so it is somewhat of a swamp you know mm-hmm. and it was it was it was hard to be raised there you know it was like i didn't gain like uh i didn't acknowledge how intense it was because i was in it but when i got to live in in the bay area and i got to live in in other parts around the world like i realized that like i was like wow this is like Guatemala City is like an actual like really intense place, you know, and um, so having been able to bloom out of a place like that and having lost my faith or my life, my faith, sorry, or, or my life, it's it's something that I'm like proud of, you know, that I'm like, yeah, that's where I came from. It's not an easy place to be, but we all have we all give it these conditions and it's up to us if we decide to bloom or not and, and, and show our colors and show our beauty mm-hmm. to the world, you know, or we can just hit, hide. We can just, you know, not, not bloom, decide not to bloom. So that's where like my other, my Maya and my Nahuatl based name comes from. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, what, what about your name? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so my name uh, comes from uh, my grandfather, mm-hmm. and I've actually recently learned that that's also my great great grandfather's name as well. And so my mm-hmm. going up my lineage, it's Duncan and then William, Duncan, Daniel, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Daniel, I guess, and then Duncan again. Wow. And that's as far back as I know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's from Scotland. And the name means a dark skinned warrior or dark warrior. Wow. And that name has also been an interesting one for me to understand. Mm. I, I very much directly identify as like a warrior of light or, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so trying to think about, um, what that means. Sometimes I like to imagine that my name is like the yin and the yang of myself, mm. you know, like my name, 
maybe has like the darkness and then and a warrior and then my job is to be like a peace and advocate of lights mm. you know i don't um uh i don't know but it's also pretty badass too so i like that <laughs> but it's meant a lot to me to i've really learned to enjoy my name and i actually really appreciate you asking i like one thing i like about this and i know this is part of how you see yourself and i'd love to sort of unpack this a little more and maybe even like through the understanding of like a little guatemalan history but this question of like mestizo culture, like people who mm. are a blend of indigenous peoples and European peoples, and that happened um, a lot more in the Americas, uh, I think, mm. than it did in the United States. But, um, and I've always been curious about this since I studied starting Spanish. I was like, wow, how do people look at their ancestry or how do they understand this? Like, is Cortez like always a bad guy or, or like, do, like how, because it seems like there's always going to be this tension. If you want to say there's like the bad colonial power and the really great indigenous people or the like backward indigenous people and the advanced colonial people, like like somehow there's always going to be this tension where people are like wanting to like choose between one ancestry or the other. Um, and it seems like you see this role of being in a bridge. And I'm just curious how you see that tension and that as, as a bridge and holding both of those, those histories. Yeah, so... Um yeah, that's a, a thick subject. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to do my best to 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 give like a, an overall view of, of 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 Guatemalan history in the shortest time yeah, possible. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> how how it, how it affects me, you know. And um, I'm gonna start by saying history was written by the winners, mm -hmm. right? So the history that I learned growing up was not the indigenous history of America. It was like no, Américo Vespucio discovered America, and then uh, Cristóbal Colón, through the help of the Castilla crown, got three ships and came and discovered, uh, uh, trying to discover India and another trade route to India, discovered this, this land, and that's why uh, indigenous people of Americas are called Indios, you know, because they thought that they had arrived to India, you know. And uh, so it's this like triumphant, like, wow, Spanish people are so amazing and I discover this. And then I learned that uh, the Pedro Alvarado, the, the, um, the conqueror, the, 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 the captain that like, the crown of Castilla sent to conquer Guatemala, was like this amazing warrior that killed Tecunumán, is like the, the most powerful uh, Cachiquel water at the time on the top of a hill and like this um, when and, and he was on his horse and he killed him with his uh, spear and like uh, the national the Quetzal the bird uh, this little beautiful bird like landed of his blood uh, on the chest and that's why the Quetzal has its its red feathers on the chest and it's just really like like sorry but bullshit story that we were told and and i grew up seeing like this paintings right and like in my school and like the books of like this triumphant pedro alvarado that like um basically conquered guatemala and he was it's told as a story of success and when i would look around i would not see a story of success i see like like millions of poor indigenous people like really bad education and like not a lot of, of access to educate to possibilities and opportunities right and i see this oligarch families that have been like ruling like for 
hundreds of years and still to the day they're like like they, they they're like the one percent you know they're like the top one percent that control the cane sugar industry and the uh, uh coffee industry and like uh the fruit industries and like the everything you know they literally control the all of the industries of the country and it's in their best interest and an agenda to keep people uneducated so that they can have this um corporate slavery nowadays you know but like it used to be straight up slavery it used to be like bluntly out in the open slavery and then when you see it like uh, guatemalan traditional wear it's uh, on on one eye you're like wow it's so beautiful look every town has their own beautiful like 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 colors and their own beautiful patterns and like yes there's a lot of that there's some uh, roots to their 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 weavings in which they're like they have a lot of symbols that they have kept alive through the traditions but the color differentiation was um what's to differentiate slaves from one parcel to the other parcel to the other you know so there's like this like constantly in front of your face this story of like of like this beautiful indigenous tradition but this like very very intense like slavery like spanish conquistador like like overruling and like like power over this people you know so in a, there's a lot of inequality like inequality is the it's the name of the game <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's like so being a mestizo it's it was challenging because on one part you are taught that indigenous people are 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 lesser they're you know to be to claim your indigenous roots is it's it's not good you know it's like it's 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 um it's discriminated you know like straight up racial discrimination so to claim your indigenous roots is not a, like a, a a good thing that you want to do and uh, that has been changing obviously the last 10 years because of the internet and because of global communication and blah 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 but still being indigenous is like you are discriminated and um whoever wants to say something different is like like come on i just wake up racial the the racism still uh, happening everywhere we look you know and we have still a lot of work to do mm-hmm. but um so being a mestizo is like it's kind of it's kind of my duty because genetically i have connection to both ancestries you know so it it was very challenging to like uh, like accept my indigenous roots and and since i have like it took me years you know i didn't started becoming proud of it and like actually like like into it till i was like 16 17 18 years old you know so it has only been the last 10 15 years that i've been trying to get in touch with those with my indigenous roots and like started to find people that i can learn from that i can like you know and uh uh inside of my myself like starting to like like forgive myself for for rejecting and discriminating that part of myself let alone discriminating other people just of the because of their color or the skin or, or, or whatever they wherever they they look like you know so there has to be there has been a lot of like like forgiveness and like letting go that i have to that i had to go through personally 
And then my grandfather, who, who rest in peace, he died two years ago. Um, I can say that he never got there. He was a full-blooded indigenous Mayan that was raised in this uh, 1930s, 1940s um, geopolitical system that uh, like turned him against himself. So they call him Ladinos. And Ladino is a very interesting term because it's an indigenous person that through dressing like the white man and dressing like a Spanish person, talking Spanish and totally forgetting about his roots becomes less indigenous. Therefore, they start discriminating their own. Wow. Yeah. And that's like, when you see that, it's like, like I, my, my cynical and sarcastic self wants to laugh about it. So I'm like, wow, can you see that you are like discriminating yourself, discriminating your own kind? Just because you're dressed differently doesn't make you any less or more indigenous, you know? Wow. And I, my sense is that you tried to have these conversations with him. Like, uh, and, I, and I can, I mean, you mentioned something in there about like being able to forgive ourselves. And yeah. um, I mean, yourselves, but like, I mm -hmm. noticed that something I pay a lot of attention to is like the value of self-forgiveness in the sense of allowing us to have the capacity to actually affect change. Yeah. But we have to first recognize, oh, wow, I've been complicit in this. Mm -hmm. And imagine that your grandfather, after so much time and having so thoroughly, you know, hidden away from his, his, his true origin, like, it would just almost be too, too much to be able to forgive the, 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 whatever that was. So easier to just not see it. Yeah. And so it's amazingly painful sacrifice and yeah. and it's interesting that that's like happening there on this you know this human level but we're doing this on like larger scale levels yeah. too right like if we're going to really acknowledge any country or people that want to be a force for good they have to be able to see the ways that they've been a force for bad and like and that's like something we all face yeah. uh, hello fractal friends um, I hope that you're enjoying this episode. Sorry for interrupting. If you're enjoying this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, and also come visit fractalfriends.us to get more information about each show and the guests. You can also like Fractal Friends on Facebook as well. When you're at the website, you can also sign up for my newsletter. And this is a place where I share information about the podcast and also about my work as a conflict transformation educator and catalyst. In addition to doing this podcast, I also give talks, I teach workshops, I give personal coaching and custom trainings for organizations. I work with individuals and companies and communities who are trying to transform the important and difficult conversations that they need to have and turn those into positive engines for growth. Over the years of working in conflict transformation, I've discovered three rules of conflict. One, it's not about what it's about. Two. Those who are involved in the conflict are going to have to be involved in the solution. And three, the process for resolving a conflict is actually the same as the solution. Today I'm going to explain the second rule of conflict. Whoever is involved in creating a conflict needs to be involved in resolving it. If people who are excluded from a conflict resolution process or a conflict transformation process, then they will find a way to be involved on their own terms. People tend to think that conflict is going to be resolved when one side wins or one side is victorious over the other 
And it's tempting and very common to try to resolve conflicts by communicating with those we already agree with and then trying to impose our solution onto the other side. The truth, however, is that people are in conflict because they're in relationship with one another. They are part of an interdependent system where either both sides win or both sides lose. Transforming conflict requires the recognition that both sides have an important perspective to contribute to the conversation, but that either one taken to the extreme is problematic. For example, there is value in both work and play. There is value in thoughtful preparation, and there's value in urgent action. There's value in centralized control, and there's value in decentralized participation. To transform conflicts, we need to find ways to get both sides working together into a dynamic imbalance. This requires them to be honest about what is good and what is problematic about both perspectives, and to find ways that the sides can support each other in lifting up their best expression, and finding ways to rebalance when things go too far in one direction or the other. If you would like to learn more about my work and the other rules of conflict, or if you would like to talk about a conflict that you would like to transform, or if you would just like to improve yours or your company's skills around conflict, you can visit duncanautry.com. There you can sign up for a free half-hour consultation, and you can also sign up for my newsletter. Thank you for listening, and now back to the show. One of the things I think about sometimes and is... And, and and there's I think there's like prophecies around this and conversations about it. But as you said, like in as we're getting into a more globalized world, there's an awareness of indigenous people that is actually being lifted up in a mm. way that um is kind of miraculous, a way that hasn't been seen for, for centuries. And that there's this time that we're in that it seems like if we as humanity are even going to like survive this like next while with all the different, you know, threats that there's going to have to be this integration of modern, you know, European culture, let's say Mm -hmm. modern Western culture, modern culture is fine. And indigenous cultures. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we still have wisdom from our ancient traditions, from our like indigenous peoples, in spite of these very concrete efforts to suppress it and destroy it is kind of this miracle Mm. and potentially can be what can save us if we can start learning how to respect these. And it's like, and it's not, and it's also not just about like going back either. We don't, that's not an option anymore. We don't get to undo all this technology. We don't really want to disconnect a a globalized world. It's, it's pretty awesome that we're all in touch with each other and contact and, Mm. and connected. And we have to figure out how to like get back to our roots or we're just going to rip it apart. Um, and I, and I think about like that, how there's this opportunity to blending these cultures or getting like, you know, modern and, and, and traditional cultures to meet is like not too far off. Cause in the last century we got to see how Western and Eastern cultures got to meet. like the fact that you're into Buddhism and that mm-hmm. I'm into Buddhism and Taoism. Mm-hmm. And I got to be exposed to that. And we all do yoga all the time. And, and Eastern countries are, you know, using Western technologies. So like, that's all like, that's amazing. Like we've, nope. we're like weaving humanity together in this really cool way. And there's a real opportunity here, um, to, to like bring forward some of this wisdom. And, and, and I guess like, what is some of the wisdom or some of the way, things that you see that you're excited about bringing forward? Yeah. 
so that 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 has been that's that's become my my path of forgiveness right it's been like is that is like reconnecting to my indigenous roots so that i can because i've spent so much time in the technological western way you know that now it's about rebalancing reconnecting to 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 my indigenous roots and like uh, indigenous people have been in connection to mother earth for thousands and thousands of years you know like uh that's why i think like it's it's there's like this awakening from the western civilization to look at indigenous traditions and be like wow like these guys have been developing this amazing technology for thousands of years and we for all this time we've been like like putting them down because they don't have the technological advances that we have developed you know and what is technology you know like 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 uh where where do, does that word come from you know it would be interesting to like like really dissect it like uh the etymology of it you know and like it comes uh logical right like technology is like uh what what is that it's like um a way like to of thinking of like like logical it makes sense and tech what what does tech mean like like um i don't know we should we should find out but <laughs> yeah but but what i'm saying like what i'm trying to get to is like technology is not just like machines and 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 and, and digits and like the the that kind of that kind of advancements but like it's ways that we solve our 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 day to day uh challenges you know like uh indigenous populations have like developed like this amazing technologies of of uh, how to connect to to ourselves to our hearts to our spirits to 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 uh, even to like communicate you know communicate through dreams to communicate like all of these ways of like all of these advancements that like the the western world hasn't 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 developed you know like the the most advanced calendar that the western world has developed and that we used to do is the gregorian calendar and then when you look at the mayan calendar is this way more complex way more precise uh way of looking at time that has been developed without the technology that 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 we currently own you know technology it comes from greek and the um the word techno is means art or crafts and then ology is just like the study or the the creation of something and so i mean what i hear in that is that like technology is something that cuts across i mean when we were talking about technology we're talking about all these computers and rad speakers exactly. and stuff like that but remembering that those ways of weaving patterns into fabric to take you know alpaca or wool and turn it into clothing that's technology, that's technology too exactly and like when, like technology there's technologies about like how do we raise our um like how do we make homes for example mm. and i think that's like an indigenous technology that i've been really interested in like people you'll see a lot in, in, in the americas where people will be replacing like earthen homes with concrete homes or mm. metal homes because it's like better and costs more money but concrete sucks as a, t as a home because it's first of all it crumbles and falls apart when there's an earthquake second of all it's like doesn't insulate in the right way it insulates the opposite way that you want it to but if you build a house out of dirt and the ways that people have been doing it yeah it's ectothermic then, which yeah like, totally it, you get to use yeah. the material that's right there you don't have to export it from somewhere else exactly. you get to like have something that will be 
cool in the summer and warm in the winter and yeah. like and that's like that's always like my favorite example of something that yep. we forgot mm-hmm. and now we live in places that if we didn't have heating or air conditioning people would die in like most of the cities in the world right now like mm-hmm. if they didn't have people burning fossil fuels to be able to keep the temperature regulated because the buildings are useless for that yeah like yeah yeah and i think i think that's what i was telling you like that's why like there's this awakening from the western civilizations to look back at at, at uh at indigenous populations and be like, yeah, these guys have been surviving mm-hmm. <laughs> in nature, in communion with nature for millennia. Mm-hmm. You know, like like their technologies are in a way way more advanced than our technologies. Right. You know, because they're they're sustainable. Like the idea of sustainability, the idea of the respect for nature, of doing something that's in alignment with the ecosystem, it's to me a way more advanced technology than being able to build the Burj Khalifa in Dubai or like these things are like amazing, but like ultimately very damaging to the planet, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, hence the, 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 the challenge of like, how do we survive this technological era, you know? And that's why like we have been looking into indigenous populations and leaders to like understand, you know? And like, I've had the pleasure to study with a lot of them and like, um, it all boils down to like, being able to listen to your heart and being able to like be in touch with your heart you know our technological advances are more and more and more every day heading towards this logical mental intellectual binary uh way of like of of, of taking decisions you know it's like all based on profit and all based on, on, on what's more efficient and what's more, you know, and less about what feels good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What what does feel good? And, like, you know, the more that I'm, in like, embedded in, like, a tech and the tech industry and, and the, the corporations, the more I see that disconnection from, from our hearts, from the earth, from, from, from our own human experience, you know, like... Uh, I've been fortunate to have masters and teachers that I can uh, study with and sit down in ceremony with. And just recently I was in a, in a peyote ceremony and I was on my knees, like praying for forgiveness, asking for forgiveness from Mother Earth for what I've personally, what my, my own personal path and my footprint is. And then my ancestry footprint has been and my whole community footprint is, you know, I was just like feeling it like really hard that I had to like get on my knees and kiss the earth and be like, I'm sorry. Because, yeah, we've gone too far on this other way, you know, yeah. but none uh, like we have an opportunity here, you know, to like, to like really like reconnect like the technologies are there. Imagine like this, 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 this teacher uh, from the Hikuri tradition. This is the Huichol tradition in the north of Mexico. These guys have been studying with the grandfather Peyote for thousands of years. You know, understanding, eating it, eating earth, and and communicating to the earth, and understanding what is right and what is wrong, and how to coexist with it in a peaceful way, so that she supports us. You know, so that she. Because Earth is so abundant, you know, like even though we have mis, uh, not behaved 
And even though we have not been grateful, and even though we hurt, hurt her so much, she still supports us because it's, it's the mother energy, right? It's like your mom, you can be a little spoiled brat and she'll still love you and feed you and like take care of you. You know? Yeah. But there's already, there's, you know, there's a point where your mom's like, look, the fucking slaps you in the head. <laughs> it's like, stop. Cause like, there's a, there's, yeah, you could, you could kill your own mother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, that's, it's real. And it's, and I think that again comes back to this forgiveness. Like, we have to figure out how to forgive ourselves because the, the level, the degree of suffering that we're, we're complicit in and that our ancestors are complicit in is, is, is intense, you know? Mm. And, um, I, uh, also, um, spoke to someone, uh, that was in a ceremony, um, uh, Wachuma ceremony is at mm -hmm. San Pedro is the mm -hmm. similarities to the peyote. And they were talking about how they realized that the healing that they were doing was for themselves, but it was also for their ancestors because mm. their mother and their father and their grandparents and like they, could never go to this ceremony. That was not something that would be accessible to them. They don't get to have access to these indigenous wisdoms. They didn't get to have access to all the great ways of thinking that we do today. And so they were like, I'm doing healing for, for my, when I heal, I'm healing my parents. I'm healing my grandparents and my great grandparents for wounds that, that they experienced and they created, you know, like before me. I thought that was like so powerful. And, um, also like thinking that like the wounds of our history, like I think there's like almost like a really clean accounting on trauma, yeah. <laughs> um, whether you're the victim or the perpetrator, like both people are hurt by that. And if you do something really bad, the pain of having to integrate the horrible thing you've done and the pain of receiving the horrible thing, they're different, they're totally different, the quality is different. But the amount of healing that's gonna have to happen is for me seems like it's probably more or less equal you know, yeah. um, or, or at least the accounting, the karmic accounting is going to have to sort that out. No. Um, but you know, you mentioned something here about coming into our heart and I think that that's a good, nice segue into learning and talking about some of the work that you do mm. because, you know, we could just be trying to solve these things. I mean, you could be trying to work on this stuff by making some rad new, uh, kind of buildings or some sort of new things, but your path is through the arts and, the arts are seem to me to be what does bring us back into our heart and does bring us back into like like who we are and in a way that can actually maybe create space for this now i don't know if you see it the same way but i would love to sort of sort of hear about you know just like how you see the impact of um being someone who's creating music and and creating art and things that like, do you see that also as being like a way for us to start healing and, 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 you know, speaking of awesome human technologies too. You know? Yeah. Well, there's, there's art and there's art, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I have, uh, I have the, the, the honor and the privilege to be an artist. And, um, that's something that like not a lot of people get to experience, you know, and like, uh, cause in order to be able to create, and that's why art is such a such a spiritual uh, experience. In order for you to create, right? First, you need to have all of your basics need needs met. You mm -hmm. know, in order to 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 make music, you need to have an instrument. 
just the craftsmanship that goes into making an er uh, an instrument you know like people just see instruments and they take it from granted or people see paintings and they do but the, the amount of work that needs to be able to just create the tools so that you can create the, the, the art it's it's amazing you know so I'm very grateful that I've I had a family that supported that and a family that like pushed me to 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 not not only do it but be the best that I could do at it you know mm -hmm. like my dad like gave me the tools and also pushed me to be the best that I could be at it and then my mom held space for me to do it and supported me so I'm like infinitely grateful to my family for for giving me that opportunity to like like dive into into that technology that like learning of that craft you know and um and, and and it's such an amazing powerful tool you know that that it can be used for good and it can be used for bad because like uh some of the best artists like uh like including like like myself you know i, I was part of the branding world and the marketing world and and i was surrounded by amazing artists that would be selling their art craft to corporations you know so i found myself like like doing graphic design and doing beautiful images and photography and video and stuff for things that i was just not in agreement with you know and and and, and, and so there's that's what i was saying there's art and there's art mm -hmm. you know and so it is a powerful tool and it can use be used for for anything that you want to use it like uh my path has been guiding me into using uh art as a reflection of of uh, of ourselves and like uh, an exploration of our roots so uh my my electronic project has been an, an effort of uncovering discovering what uh, mayan music was and like what like our my indigenous roots music was which was really it's been a really hard like journey because like there's not that much and what there it is what there is is something that i've never liked you know growing mm -hmm. up i just didn't resonate with it and and it's been a process of uncovering and layering and then like rediscovering reinventing and 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 and, and what i've learned from my from my elders it's been it's been that like just listen to your heart you know whatever feels good ultimately is what's grounding you and reconnecting you to to your roots you know and so that's been one of my projects is like this uh, electronic exploration into my own indigenous roots while using uh, the, the the techno and electronic music as the as the the conversational plateau right that's where we at that's where our ears are at that's where our culture is at so from that that conversation that language explore our own indigenous roots you know and there's uh, you can see it in music how this like uh, new exploration of this indigenous sounds and middle eastern sounds and african sounds has been happening for the last 10 15 years you know first we learn how to master the the computers and understand how they worked so that they didn't control us and now that we're like okay we got this you know now we can go and explore the organic sounds and and so that's the new movement that I've been really enjoying coming out of South America and coming out of the west coast of the US and coming out of Berlin and like uh South Africa and like a, a lot of places of this like reconnection to our like our roots through the electronic music through contemporary music yeah 
there's really cool music around that and going on yeah. these days. I've been really into El Buo and, yeah. and, and uh, Chancho Villa Circuito have been really exciting yeah. for me. But um, who are some of the artists that you've been noticing just out of curiosity? Um, let's see. Um, on that electronic tip, uh, some of my favorite artists are Matanza from Chile. We were fortunate to have them in Guatemala two years ago. Uh, for New Year's and this uh, gathering that, uh, that some of my friends have been hosting, I've been happily a part of, and uh, they they're like to me some of the most incredible and and real artists that I've met in the last last easily like five six years, like uh, because they are they're doing live electronic music, so it's a live ensemble. It's not they're not DJs. They also DJ, but they're like, and uh, they sing their their traditional indigenous songs, you know, with wow. with it, and like they play the instruments and they play the charango and the flutes and the bombo and all the North the South American Andes music, you know, and they mix it really well with the with techno and like some of the synths and bass and beats and stuff. So the the they're uh, a project that I really admire. Then this, uh, my other one of my best friends from Ecuador. He's he goes by Quixosis. Uh, he he's been exploring the same like like uh, his own traditions uh, from the Ecuador music, and he was fortunate to find this old tapes that his grandfather, uh, who used to own a, a record label and a radio, so uh, in, in Ecuador like back in the day he found all these records so he's been like on on winding this tape and digitalizing it and like re re presenting it to the world and like so there's like there's like a whole library of music coming out of out of out of his grandfather's tapes that he's doing the work of putting together so oh, it wow. has influenced his music a lot so his music is pretty amazing and uh then there's from Argentina. There's this duo called Lula Cruza. They're they're really awesome. Uh, from um, I don't know. There's I'm I'm actually gonna go see this band tonight called Café Tacua from from Mexico. They're huge. They're yeah. like the Mexican Radiohead basically. Yeah, they're ginormous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what I appreciate for them is like that pride in their indigenous and in their traditional roots you know but they have been presenting in a modern way you know and a, like a full-on band with like synths and bass and electric guitars and drums and beats and you, you name it you know they're really awesome i'm really excited to see them tonight they have been influencing me since i'm like eight or nine years old like first oh, they're like big yeah, time like rock latino yeah yeah. yeah yeah then uh so but so and that's where there's like there's like a, a line of of my music you know in the electronic world i'm very influenced by by this this producers this like uh, uh obviously there's like the south american producers but there's also like the european tr uh, uh producers that i'm like super into like stimming and like uh um back in the day mode selector was you know and um Let's see who else. Um, Aprod was a, a big one, you know, big influence in my life. Um, ooh, what else? Producers wise, 
I'm like spacing out No, that's, that's a great start. I yeah. mainly just love that question because I'm like, I'm totally excited to go look all these people up. Yeah. And we'll include them all in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I I could keep going, but like... Uh, no, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, the the whole thing of like of like blending all of those influences, you know, like my one of my teachers used to say like creativity is kind of like a black box, you know, and you put all the things that you like in this black box, you know. And once you're gonna go about to create, you basically put your blindly your hand into that black box and you start pulling off stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, and 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 then Einstein used to say, creativity is knowing how to hide your sources, right? <laughs> so we're not creating anything. We don't have the power of of a, of a god to like create things. Like the atoms are created, electromagnetism is created, gravity. All these things are like there we can only like remix them and rematch them and like connect them in ways that hopefully nobody has done before and when you think about a doctor like a phd degree it's a thought that nobody has ever had before right like once you you have a hypothesis you 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 have this idea that you that through experimentation and like tests and stuff you can turn into a thesis and like be like this is this is my thesis this is like and and then you become a doctor i think in in the art world is the same way you know i'm i like i'm a a very uh, i study history of art because i'm very excited to see where art it's going and the come where the conversation is going and 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 it's that it's like us artists we're like constantly trying to like recreate and create something that hasn't been done before you know so it's like and it's through through the mix and going back to being a mestizo you know it's through mixing Mm -hmm. that we are gonna like find the new the new things and the most exciting thing and the fresh stuff is like it's like how do how do we take from all this influences from our indigenous roots and from like our western roots and like and, and we mix them in a way that's like hopefully like really inspiring and beautiful and like opening and, and reconnects us to 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 our hearts you know makes us sends us on a journey that like opens up like new pathways of of love and expression and connection so much and like i mean just really capturing that that thing that 
I mean, you mentioned both, like what is the music that comes and connects us with our heart, but then also there's a way that whatever's coming from your heart, like that's the right thing, you know? And then so it's, you know, it's coming both, it's like going in and out and then there's like that regenerative aspect of creativity also that's like so amazing that as we get more inspired then we try new things. And, um, there's something you're saying here that I'm like, topic that I'm always fascinated by is like remix there's this actually there's some youtube video out there called like remix culture like everything's remix culture but humans have basically been remixing things forever mm. right we're like taking a thing we'll try this and let's do this and you know think about like someone invented a sandwich they're all sandwich and then now we've made so many different kinds of sandwiches and, mm. and then it took like someone the french taking their baguettes and going and being colonial powers in vietnam for us to get banh mi sandwiches with like cilantro and all those different flavors and like and we're all just doing this and if you music if like if it has a beat then it's from africa right you know and like and that got us to rock and roll and then that got us into electronic music and and like like and then since then we're just always mixing and matching and that's like like this kind of inherent part of humans to like go Mm -hmm. and like let's try this and mix this and look cuisine around here in this part of the world it's Mm -hmm. like all different flavors fusions and things but then we also have this cultural concern about co-optation, right? Like, yeah. it's not like I can't go and like take all those like tradition Mayan sounds and then like make a, a something with all of them and be like, hey, look what I came up with. Yep. Um, especially, and I, there's like that great example of um, Simon and Garfunkel taking the Vuelo mm-hmm. del Condor and turning it into the sounds of silence. And it's like mm-hmm. super classic song from from south america um from peru i think um and then turning into sounds of silence and everyone's like oh this is so great and then and they didn't give any credit and paul simon has since like apologized yeah. intensely yeah. for that but so that's co-optation but remixing is kind of something we're doing all the time and it's like well, what is that edge like you know like this mixing and matching is like so much fun and I don't know. Have you thought about that much, or do you have any? You know? No, for sure. It's like it's 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 been and it's been so present in my life, and I've gotten my hand slapped like so many times because, yes, I am a Western, you know, and I've been raised in that culture, so most of my life I've been a Western, and and so when I come with my tools and I start taking and taking and taking and taking, then I'm just prolonging the 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 cultural conqueror you know i'm just uh taking a picture of the indigenous and selling the postcard mm-hmm. you know i'm just uh I, like like stealing somebody's soul you know and like and like profiting from it so it's been like definitely like very present in my work of like how to uh, how to honor these traditions how to like and it all comes down to respect and and respect through learning you know what I mean? Like I went to India and started, I was like, I want to learn tabla and I want to learn tabla. And like, and I took a couple of lessons and my the third lesson, I was just like, wow, this is a life path. And if I'm not going to honor that path, then I'm disrespecting this tradition. Mm. You know, it was amazing. The couple of lessons that I had and I got so much from them, but like the biggest lesson was like, like an instrument, uh, 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 any 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 art craft, anything that you want to do, if you want to honor it, 
you have to study it and you have to spend the time with it. And I can, and, and this is, this is part of my new project that I'm doing. It's like, I, I want to capture this indigenous populations. I want to remix the sounds. I want to, I want to share this with the world, but I'm not going to do it unless I'm in a, a symbiotic, respectful relationship with them in, in, in the way that they're being supported as much as I'm being supported because otherwise I'm just another white man coming into an indigenous population and taking what what, what their gold and like selling it you know yeah. and and I see so much of that I see so much of that and that's like a thing that I you know like I, I try to like keep my composure and like not not talk about it and not be outspoken about it because I, I see these DJs, you know, and like the DJ culture really triggers me because coming from like a, a, being a musician and being like, a, like it took me six years to learn how to play drums, you know, and I still, I'm not the best drummer or I'm not, it's still the best drummer is still learning, you know, like, like, like drummers, any instrument, it's a lifetime journey, you know, so I've put like thousands of hours into learning how to play instruments, thousands of hours into learning how to produce music because I don't have the courage to get on stage and push play and play somebody else's song and claim it to be mine, you know? So that, like, to me, DJ culture triggers me a lot. Obviously, I, I know where it comes from. So there's DJs that I respect a lot because they have clocked their hours. Like, I don't know if you know Jeremy Soul from from LA, like... Jeremy is an amazing DJ. He is a radio DJ. He is one of those DJs that goes through crates and crates and crates of music, finding amazing pieces of sound and plays them on the radio and talks about their 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 the root and where he found it and where he comes from and where's the connection. Like, like if you listen to his podcast, to his radio to his radio shows, you learn about the roots of the music that he plays. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's like, that's the honor that I'm, I'm saying that, 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 that you're not taking when you're honoring, you know, you're not taking when you're respecting. There's, there's tons of DJs out there that like, just, you know, find whatever's hot and like, they're like, oh, that's hot. Cool. And then they go and like, they play it and they're like, yeah, this is my music. Oh, and my music. And it's like, how can you even claim that that's your music, you know? Or when somebody says like, "Where I li- really love your music," have the moment and the the say, "No, that is not my music. I'm a carrier of this music." But this, you know, and like tries to con- like. There's a lot of like an, uh, sets on SoundCloud that you can't even see. You, they don't even list the music that they're playing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how? That's taking. That's disrespectful. That really triggers me, you know, because it's like. No, there's like there's an art craft to this, and that that we should all honor each other and respect each other and support each other. We need DJs because DJs promote our music and like and share our music. But we need those DJs to honor the roots of that music, and we need the producers to honor the roots of those sounds of those samples. And like you know, that's that's the the label that we're starting. It's like this like uh, this different way of like. Um, of like honoring the the roots of the sounds and roots so the idea behind this label is to eventually create schools uh, of technology and arts to for indigenous populations around the americas you know so it's like how do we give back you know if we're gonna come and take how how do we give back how do we really create this sustainable 
dynamic in which like they are also supported as much as we are being supported through their sounds, you know? Right. Uh, and I want to hear more about that project, but just to get this, so there's kind of like, kind of almost here like kind of three themes here. Like one, making sure you're respecting where things are coming from, knowing where they're coming from, taking the time to know about something's history. Also being willing to share and take the humility to say, this isn't mine. And let me tell you where it comes from, because that creates this rad opportunity to actually share things that people might not ever hear and actually can amplify things that maybe even get lost through time. Like those lost tapes, you know, like the, like those yep. you know, in Ecuador, like that's not going to be lost anymore because someone's digitizing that. Now we're going to have it forever. But he has to say where it came from, right? You know, mm -hmm. and remember those stories. But then there's also this thing about making sure that the benefit is going back to the people so that it's not just the extraction, you know, like, like famous, you know, gold mining throughout history, but yeah. like, but the actual, like, how can I make sure that you're benefiting from this? Even if I'm benefiting from it, we're all benefiting from it. Right. And like kind of this universal sharing. Um, so, but, so tell us about the project. What's, what are you working on? So, um, we have been, um, we have been developing this subconsciously for years uh, with a group of friends from what back in Guatemala, and um, um, it's 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 a long story. I'm gonna try to make it as short as possible. Uh, my dad had an advertisement company. He's still in that world, but he used to have a company named uh, Wachalal. Wachalal means a friend in in Cachiquel, or but they don't have a differential between friend and sister and brother, you know? There's no word to difference there. It's like, it's like you're my wachalal, you're my brother, you're another me, you're me, you know, we're, we're, you're my homie, we're like in this together, it's like, it's like, so there's no differential between friend and, 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 and body, and, and friend and brother or sister, you know? Right. Which is really like beautiful. Family, awesome. like, yeah, like, we're all, yeah. You know, and so when my dad started this company, he decided to name it that way because of that, because it was a, a company made by friends to create, you know, and like their ethos and like their vision was super beautiful. It was like, we are the best friends that we come because we love to create, you know, to create ideas. And that was the, the like the, the essence of it. It was like, we're friends and we love what we do. And it was a super successful advertisement firm that I had the uh, opportunity to like, uh, be raised in. And so I got to learn like uh, communication principles and branding principles and graphic design. And, and then I got through that to work with photographers and directors. And like, it really opened up all the, the, the doors of possibilities of expression to me. And I was like, so I'm very grateful for that. That company evolved because of the 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 business the the partners in that company separated and eventually my dad created his own thing, and then parallelly to that my friends start this uh, this uh, community space and hostel and and an event space in Lake Atitlan, and without knowing that they decide to name it Wachalal as well. So these are now my some of my best friends starting this other project with the same name that of this other project that my had my dad had for 15 years so i'm like i've been just like really like wow this is amazing this is so amazing my dad would be so happy to know that this name still representing friends coming together and doing something out of passion and love you know 
So now we're taking this concept into the next level and 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 uh, we're hosting an activation around Lake Atitlan in, in February, the first week of February of 2019, in which uh, we are realizing like that the lake is in perfect conditions to just host a festival without having to be this bubble of, that only happens for a week in this specific place where we all come and camp together and do this thing and then we have to separate. But we want to take that consciousness and apply it into like a bigger spectrum of like, no, we are all living here together and we're all here together. So let's just organize and like communicate what is happening where and let's make sure that the wealth that we're inviting to come from other world because that's what we bring when we come down. When we travel, we, we, we have a political and economical power to support the things that we believe in. So if we create a map of like, all of the organic restaurants and all of the organic farmers and all of the like the environmentally friendly hotels and like all the ecological projects and all the educational projects that you can come and be a part of, then you will have an option to choose to spend your like political economical power in any of these uh, places. So that's where we're that that's the next level of the of, of this concept of like. We're a group, a group of friends and artists and, and, and amazing talent that we're coming together to activate Lake Atitlan and inviting everywhere in the world, everyone in the world to come and join us and like just celebrate with us life and invest in all of these projects, you know. So we have, um, there's environmental projects, there's educational projects that we want to support. So most of the, of the money that we're going to uh, hopefully like move through this activation be uh, helping fund this project and move this project forward. So that's like the, 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 the next evolution of this project. So it's basically going to be like an amazing gathering of amazing artists. And, and so we're going to bring our favorite producers from all over the world to, and, and host different events with them, like static dance parties and, 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 and parties and events and workshops and, and just, bring everybody together and coexist for 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 a, as long as we can in this beautiful place you know like just to make sure i understand because i just really love this idea like you're basically you know, like lifting up a network and, and by the way lake atitlan is a legendarily yeah. beautiful place yeah. and from what i know it's in fact the first thing i ever knew about guatemala the professor in high school and he talked about his happiest moment was sitting there like with a spoon and an avocado looking at the other three volcanoes <laughs> just and like total bliss you know, that that's guatemala to me so anyway yeah but the idea is like have an amazing event that that brings like the power and the influence of all this amazing artists and and things that make it really exciting and entertaining mm -hmm. um and then to take the profits from this and like directly in, in, invested into infrastructure in that community so that after the festival is over the event the, the activation the the, the the convergence is over and people will go back to their places that the the resources are actually staying there yep. as opposed to just like going into some event producers pockets or something like that exactly yeah exactly we want to create a sustainable practice of of, of wealth distribution and we want to tax people that come into the lake an environmental tax and an educational tax. Mm -hmm. You know, 
if every person that comes to Lake Atitlan would give $10 to an environmental tax uh, distribution project, we could fund so many environmental projects to protect our most precious gift, which is the lake, which is what everybody comes for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. So that's ultimately what we want to push politically is an environmental tax. And we want this to be like a, an example of how that could fund a specific project. So we're going to be funding this project called Sembremos Tul. And Sembremos Tul means let's plant tul. Let's, let's, uh, and tul is this uh, amazing plant that like uh, feeds off of phosphates. So it's it's been growing from forever in the lake, but like the chalet owners and the landlord beach owners have been cutting it because it doesn't look nice, right? But it's the it's the lake's natural filtration system, you know. So we're we're uh, doing this. Uh, uh, we, we we have this uh, organization down there that has been planting tool and like and and, and organizing events. So what we want to have is like. Uh, activations of like you have a sound system in the beach and everybody comes and hangs out and dances but we're planting planting tool and like the money that it's uh, being raised through those activations it's going to like supporting the people that are doing this as a job you know so we're creating jobs we're creating opportunities and we're teaching people that like 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 doing it at school you know it doesn't have to be like this like oh man. like it's like it's actually fun to like protect our environment which is like the most important thing if we don't have a, a healthy environment we can't even party we can't even be there you know absolutely i mean i what i love about this is because it answers a question that i've heard people ask lots of times and i've never really known the answer for um and basically people go to burning man shout out to burning man just happened last week <laughs> but people go to burning man fifty thousand people in the middle of nowhere and an insane amount of creative energy like and ideas going into this place I and mean, people just people just put so much effort and energy all year long people are already preparing for next year and um ton of resources and money i mean it's incredible and and then it's all gone at the end and there's something kind of cool about that it's like the sand mandala kind of all disappears but what would happen, and this is the question I always hear, is like, what would happen if we put all that energy into actually doing something really awesome? And then, and someone's like, what if we just like went and took all that energy and like tried to like rebuild Syria? And I'm like, well, it doesn't sound like very much fun. Like, you know, like no one, you're not going to get 50,000, 60,000 people to spend all year long thinking about how to help refugees and, um, and like rebuild blown up cities. Like that's, you know, and, super important and we do need that many people doing that but you're not going to spontaneously generate that kind of energy and so what i hear just is really amazing is like but we also know that all these people do care about those things right they actually yeah. do care about the environment so it's like how can you get those things working together and it sounds like in this in this project um like that both that it's all like that that's like the fusion yeah. point because you're saying like look we can actually be having fun we can be proud of what we're doing we can be thoughtful about the impact we're having um and also just recognizing that like moving those resources is really possible like that ten dollars is is not significant to your eye but that adds up a lot if you can get it straight on the ground planting tool plants you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah like i I, w I was just at burning man last week and and and, and it's, it's, i was 
I was floored. Like I was like, uh, when the man was about to burn, we did like this loop in our bikes around, and I was just like, oh my god! Like look what happens when you inspire people. People right. go all out. Like they create this amazing shit that you're like, wow! I was just like, I was so happy. It made me so happy. And then we finally uh, get to a point where we were gonna be steady to watch the the man burn and like then starts burning and, and there was like this inherent sadness that came to me you know and because i i saw this like animal instinct to just like raw like just burn something and just like and it's it's fascinating but i was just like wow this is why we come together for you know it's destruction it's like it's you know and 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 I've been studying with uh, how to how to read the fire and how to talk to the fire and that's like a big powerful medicine that like indigenous populations from all over the world have but like specifically uh, my elders in Guatemala they're they're fire readers they sit around the fire and talk to the fire and it's the fire that like tells them what they need to know you know and um, you can't hide from the fire you know. Because it's light, it's pure light, you know. And if you get too close, you'll burn, you know. So being close enough to it, there's like this, this truth that comes, you know. And and it was it was it was it was intense. And I was like, okay, I have to get closer. I have to get closer. So I got closer to the fire because I wanted to feel the burn. You know, I wanted to feel burn of the fire and like the, the the knowledge that it was trying to carry and it was that it was that it's like no judgment anybody can do whatever they want like there's no judgment if that's what you want to come together for go for it. it's amazing like i recommend every person to like do it you know because it's so amazing but the energy that i want to be a part of the project that i want to support that i want to put all my energy into it and like and like because it's so much work that goes into these things it's something that it's protecting the environment and creating something that's sustainable building something for the future you know there's been already enough fires there's already like there's fires all over california you know there's there's fires and like all over the world there's enough fire we need to bring more water like like we need to bring more more like female energy more like like beautiful just like respectful balance to to the world you know just like use all of this creative energy inspire each other you know mm -hmm. to like really go out all out to create sustainable practices of like amazing beauty that do help the environment and help people you know the opportunity is right there in front of us yeah. you know we come together we bring all this wealth and all this inspiration and energy we want to gather we want to celebrate we want to dance we want to like so let's make sure that that energy is being funneled into to the right projects just like just you know to, so that we can keep on doing it so that our, our children and the next generation learns how to do it in a respectful sustainable way you know like i can't imagine how many people after a week of burning man of partying and like like uh, end up like in a week of like fucking recuperating you know like i was i'm pretty proud of myself that i went all out i slept like 10 hours in a whole week but i stuck to medicine plants 
I stuck to 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 like really like experiences that would feed my soul and like I, I didn't catch a cold. I just, I'm like I'm good, you know, my body's good. I don't need to recover from like 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 destroying my 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 my, my chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to eat a bunch of other chemicals to balance my brain's chemistry. No, I'm like I'm good and like it's, it's taking years, you know. I used to go to festivals and then it take 3 4 days to recover after that because right. you're, you know. So, how do how do we celebrate? How do we gather? How do we create like 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 the future, you know? Like like um, the last thing I want to lose is hope. Yeah. And then and I got so much hope from 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 Burning Man, you know, and from all these gatherings like Eclipse last year. Like it's just it gives me so much hope for humanity, you know. Like if we get inspired, we can move mountains, yeah. you know. And and it's, so it's like how do we inspire each other to like really change the world? So like that's like step number one of the project is start hosting this this intentional gatherings. Then the other step is like we're we're creating a label, a music label, where we're gonna start releasing all of this music that's on that same. Uh, agenda you know where we also funnel all these funds into all the people that were sampling and all the people that were uh, uh, helping and get their sounds out and then the, the next part of the project is a documentation platform a content platform where uh, and that's the one that I'm being uh, put in charge on and it's documenting all these amazing elders, all these indigenous populations, and creating video content with them in collaboration with them to tell their stories, to tell their their to show their art, to show what they need, what they want, how they see the world, how you know. And then, and that's been that's that's why I was telling you that like all of my all of the things that I do are like finally coming together into like okay, this is this is it. It's like. Uh, it's documentation, it's content creation, it's music creation, it's gatherings, it's all the things that I love in the world uh, into one umbrella of like of like friends, passionate friends coming together to co-create amazing, uh, amazing things for, for, for the world, you know. Yeah. Um, I want to like start wrapping up a bit here. And, yep. But I... Like talking about inspiration um, just reminds me that um, I was uh, like checking out some of your videos and things like that. And there's actually videos of you as a kind of as a hip hop artist in Guatemala. And, mm-hmm. and um, you have this one song, um, uh, Presente. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually do with a bunch of art, local artists, I mm-hmm. guess, right? And and you're, if I get it right, you're, it's like the new president from like a couple, two years ago when you guys mm-hmm. coming in and you're saying, hey, we see you and we're hoping that you can step up and care about us and do good for us because we're here and we're watching. And I love how there's like this, am I getting it right? Yeah. 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 Cool. And like, and, and then it's like, there's this edge where you're like, it's a little bit of a threat, you know, like, yeah. a bit like we see you. Yep. We're hoping, but then there's also like, and we're giving you a chance to be awesome. Like yeah. we're giving you a chance to step up and care and like do great things. And it sounds like he's, kind of corporate puppet, you know, like vast residents and, and yep. we recognize that in, here in this country and it's, and it's frustrating, but I just love, it just reminded me that like the ability to like still hold on to like a positive future um, is like something that's inspiring 
And then this other thing that's inspiring is just the ability to say, and look, we're just going to go ahead and do it. Like inspiring people by their own actions and showing the way that you can step up and showing the way that we're here and we want everyone to do better. And so we're going to start with doing better ourselves. And that maybe comes into the self-forgiveness a little bit. And I just like, um, but I guess just noticing all that, I want to just like, I'm always interested. I never really know how to ask this question, but like, what is this connection between like why is it that music is such a powerful tool for motivating people like why is it that art can do that yep. and a little bit because i think we would see something authentic but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are well um going back to my 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 lessons my music lessons in india like the first lesson that uh that my my guru my teacher like uh downloaded onto me he was like first of all we're not going to be playing music. This is not a game. This is not, we're going to be talking the language of God. That's how they see music. It's the language of God. Why? If you go to, to quantum mechanics and you, uh, and you get into what, where, where they are in terms of understanding the reality, uh, there's this theory called the string theory that a lot of us know. That's really interesting. That says that, in within like everything and like a sub sub subatomical level like everything's a string that's vibrating right and depending on the vibration what reality forms and depends of how if if you're absorbing this vibration it changes you know when the the, the vibration is being observed when the particles are being observed it, they change so on a fundamental level, everything's vibration. Mm-hmm. So music, it's it's like the 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 orchestration of all these vibrations that when they come into harmony, they create these beautiful things that like just make your soul resonate on like a fundamental level, you know. And that's why like music has no language and has no no barriers and no anything because if it's vibrating at the right frequency, it will open even the closest heart, you know? Like, there's no way that you can close to beautiful music, and that's why we gather on beautiful music, and that's why we celebrate with beautiful music, and, like, you know? So, I, I mean, at least that's 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 my answer. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, know. If it's the, no, it's, I love it. I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes me think like Alan Watts, like everything that we do that humans enjoy has a pulse to it. Like that's because that's the fundamental deek, 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 deek. Our heart, right? Yeah, our heart and like dance, games, yeah. you know, it's always back yeah. and forth. It's always something and even conversation, right? Here we go, yeah. back and forth and finding the rhythm. Yep. Cool. Okay, last question I love asking everyone is um, what, like given your unique life perspective and you know, all of your experience, um, What's something that you've, um, you know, paid attention to in life that you might invite other people to pay attention to as they're trying to be better people and make better world and you know thrive in this place? All right. Um, yeah, I think I, I think for me, like um, what the, uh, what like the Buddhist path taught me, and like what now my some of my indigenous elders. That I've been studying with, like Tata Pedro Cruz from Guatemala, or or Ilarion Merkuliev from Hawaii, and uh, Auntie Mona Polaka, and 
all these amazing elders that I've had the the the, the pleasure and the blessing to sit with and to learn uh, what they've been telling me is just just follow your heart, you know. And I know because I am a cynical, sarcastic little brat that it sounds cheesy and it is it at, at first glance is like whatever dude it's like but no really like 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 we have forgotten the language of the heart because we're too much in our intellectual minds you know and we're like and we're super smart because we read and we learn and we like so our our, our egos are like our, our intellectual creation of ourselves are like are very smart so it's easier to like live in that place and and than to talk the language of the heart because the language of the heart is it's not the opposite but like very different it's like it's it's emotion it's emotion intelligence it's like it's it's feelings it's like it's a little bit harder to deal with it's a little bit like more challenging you know like living from your heart it's like it will it will drive you into way different places that you go with your head you know mm -hmm. like like uh the connections that you make the people that you relate to are not what your mind would be like yes you know so that's what i'm that's where i'm at right now in my life it's trying to listen to my heart and that's why like i'm like constantly like uh trying to find practices like uh, like buddhist meditation it's a lot a big one you know because it's a daily practice that, that you can really do to like learn how to use your thoughts to guide your mind into a space of, of, of love and openness and like to really drop into your heart then uh, peyote peyote what the, the the word means is that that opens the heart mm. you know so i'm really called to 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 do as much of that medicine as possible so every every time i get in like invited to 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 a sweat lodge or a tp ceremony or just to take it because somebody has it and they want to go on a hike or you know like I, I i i really like that medicine because it's that that opens the heart mm -hmm. washuma is a very similar one so the same way every opportunity that i have Cacao is another one. Cacao, Theobroma, the psychoactive component of cacao, it's another one that opens the heart. It's like, it's, so that's the, like everything that I can do in my life to open my heart more and to live more from my heart. That's what I've been like, like called to, you know, like, 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 yes, I've gotten my heart broken, you know, because that's how we try to find love and try to like, that's, you know it's like no matter who you are where you're from or whatever but love is the most beautiful thing that you can experience as a human being the most beautiful thing there's no drug there's nothing else more beautiful than love so but the ways that we've been looking for it are 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 are, are not ideal so that's where we get our heart broken and we close down and, and it takes so that's like that's where i'm at right now it's kind of like i want to love deeper i want to like really like 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 trust more in the people i love and just love more freely and unconditionally not not create like attachments and not create like 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 conditions to that love just like really like love freely and openly and like and and, and find as much practices and medicines that that work on that level because mm -hmm. enough of of intellectual development you know like like 
like i think we're in a place that like any answer that you want you could be like siri like or google or like whatever like like our intellectual mind is being handled by the ai technological advancement you know so it's up to us as humanity to like hold the hold our hearts together and hold our our roots in the ground you know because otherwise we go like and it's soon enough it's gonna be irreversible damage you know Um, I want to share a little thing about the hearts that I discovered recently with a friend. Um, we're talking about, you know, like, starting with, like, the metaphor of, like, an open or closed heart, and I was thinking, like, a clam. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing, like, you know, in the clam, when it's open, the, the heart's there, it's exposed, it's, it's, mm-hmm. the, and it's vulnerable, um, but it feels good, it can feel the water. But if a threat comes, it closes. It closes mm-hmm. really fast. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the muscle for closing is way stronger. There actually maybe not even be a muscle for opening. Just to open again, it just mm. has to relax and open mm. again and then maybe you can feel the freedom and then fear comes along, clack, and closes. And maybe it will just learn eventually to just stay closed because that's what its muscle is made for and being safe seems really important. But then it's not really living, you know? Mm. And then similar conversation we were talking about how, or like a similar in time, and then the conversation we were talking, um, the, my friend, she really loves octopuses. And, and mm-hmm. she, and I was like, oh, you know, the reason why an octopus is like the smartest thing in the ocean, because it, it, it is like, and it's developed a level of intelligence that's totally different than humans or, or any vertebrate, um, is because basically the octopus is just a clam. It's another mollusk. It's another squishy thing, but it doesn't have a shell. And so it has to be discerning and it has to be smarter than everything else because it has to be able to keep track of what's going on. And it makes me, and then I was like, oh, wow. So we can either be the clam that's open or closed, or we can just get to the point where we trust that we're grown up enough that we don't need the shell anymore. And then we can take our heart and we can take it out and we can know that if we need to protect ourselves, we'll build a rock wall and we'll protect ourselves or we'll camouflage or we'll hide or we'll make good choices, but then we're able to dance with our heart, you know, mm-hmm. and like then it's able to be free in the ocean and really be free, you know, but it, but that takes like a certain level of like growth and maturity and like care to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I mean, love this idea of just like, you know, like the heart being like, like, you know, really like the place where we, like the, the thing that we can communicate with that's going to help us through this, like in a similar mm-hmm. way that, that indigenous wisdom holds us you know, together and, and just like, and if we lose track of our hearts and go to the mind, then, then all is lost. And if yeah. we can keep on holding on to that, that'd be great. But what more, what if we can take our hearts and we can have them be just out in the open and free and, you know, and just loving that idea. Yeah. Um, uh, Suchi, if, if people want to, um, find out about you or like listen to your music or see your videos or what, what, what do they do? So I'm online, um, as El Suchi, like my Facebook page is El Suchi. And that's where you can find all like the hip hop and the political stuff. And like kind of like that part of me. And, uh, I'm about to start releasing under this label, Wachalal, a bunch of electronic music. So, probably i'll let you know when that's like when that's happening and um 
you can find all my video work on Vimeo. And um, when we post this podcast, maybe we can put the links and everything. For sure. And um, where else? Oh, yeah, on my website, elsuchi.com. E-L-S-U-C-H-I.com. I would love to be able to share at least one of your songs on, on the on the at the end of this. Do you have a sense of which one that might be? Or? Let me see. Yes, yes. Do you want to tell us something about it? Um, actually, really, really, really awesome story. It's gonna be a remix that a friend, uh, that one of my best friends, Santi. He goes by Arterium. He's another one of my very favorite producers. So he did a remix of this song that I haven't released yet. And he released it on a podcast, so it's out there, so we can share it. And uh, so we were playing together in Birdman this past week. We played a couple of sets together, and then we literally like just jam out. We plug our the brains of our computers together, and then we we can just jam out for days. And uh, so we were playing the set on on this giant dragon that <laughs> floats around the the the, the playa, and. Um, started listening to one of my samples being played <laughs> and i was like i started turning everything off and i was like where's that sound coming from you know and then i realized that he had remixed one of my tracks so he, he was coming out of his system and uh so <laughs> yeah so it was it was awesome so the the track's called la cura and it means the cure and it's um literally like uh sometimes i'm going through like an emotional turmoil or like um, I need like a peace of mind or something and and I find music and music has become the medicine music has become my cure to a lot of like my emotional trauma and my like my past trauma you know so he was going through a breakup recently and, he, and I sent him all, all of my tracks and he was like I really like that one can I remix it and it helped him through his process so um so yeah, I'll share I'll share that one with you guys. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, what a great way to wrap it up because it's like the remix of the remix is like and we're all just sharing and we're all healing from it. Yeah. We're honoring the journey. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm just like so glad that we, that I found you and then we're in touch. This has been such a delight. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for your beautiful reflection and for inviting me to share my thoughts that I rarely do like this in this format. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, awesome. brother. And thanks process. for everybody listening. I, I love you. Uh, I know you do too. <laughs> even, even there. I, I know that there's always haters. So I always tell my haters I fucking love them because I was a hater once, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's just so much better to like open up and, and love and heal those wounds, you know than to hold into that that pain and that those wounds so yeah i love y'all thank you gracias thank you for listening to this episode of fractal friends i hope that you enjoyed this conversation with suchi if you would like more information about suchi um, the things we discuss here if you want to find some of his music and videos come on down to fractalfriends.us. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter there. And also, make sure you tell your friends about this. Subscribe to this podcast. Share this with as many people as you can. 
Thank you for listening. And as promised, we're going to let you listen to the remix version of La Cura, which is gracias. Gracias.